welcome to the Ha 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 Alia podcast. I'm your host, Alia Sauli. Whether you're a boss babe in the corporate world, a busy mama, or a hustling entrepreneur, this show is made for you. I want these episodes to motivate you, inspire you, fuel you, and light you up. That way, you too can make your dreams a reality. Are you ready? Let's go. Yes, I'd like a cheeseburger, please. Large fries and a cosmopolitan. One of the hardest things in life is to be brave enough to be yourself. Be here now. If you want something done, honey, do it yourself. Welcome back to part two of Christina Skinner's story. Part one was really about her entrepreneurship spirit, her hustler mentality, building a business from the ground up, being a single mama and doing all of that on her own. It's remarkable what mindset can do. And today's episode will be more about her health journey and discovering what breast implant illness is. Check in the show notes for different links where you can also do your own research. Without further ado, I'm going to reintroduce my incredible friend, Christine. So let's pick up where we left off. So you mentioned new boobies and then health issues. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So at the time, um, I had no clue that some of the things that I had started having develop inside uh, me had anything to do with them whatsoever. I think it started within six months of me getting them. It just didn't know it at the time. So it probably wasn't until maybe somewhere around the year, maybe about year eight, that I really started to notice some other things going wrong. You know, it was little things like inflammation markers being up, headaches, a few labs being off or something like that, but nothing ever anybody could put their finger on that was anything wrong. I think after that, I just got the fatigue was just extraordinary. The, the fatigue was crazy. It felt like you were just lugging around this 500 pound body, you know, and I've been into health and nutrition for so, so many years. And so, you know, activity, working out, pushing myself was what I thrived off of. And it became harder and harder, more and more of a struggle. Well, Angie used to work out like two hours a day, eat really clean. I mean, I feel like you taught me about different vitamins and don't take those kind and take these instead. These are better for you. And I feel like you really helped me at a young age understand health. Otherwise, I would have been eating Kraft macaroni and double Oreos <laughs> my entire life. So I feel like you were the first one to kind of open my eyes. Like, no, 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 you got to take care of your insides. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's a maturity thing too. You know, you, you, it's something you build upon, right? So there's different levels of nutrition and different levels of uh, where you take that to. And I think you learn from, you know, starting out, if I go way back, I can think of when I was 12 years old and my mom was always on some kind of diet. Weight Watchers was a biggie and she was going to jazzercise back then. And, and, you know, when I think about it, I was probably 12 years old where I was already thinking I had a weight problem and already mimicking my mom's um, Weight Watchers menu, getting it and trying to follow along with her. And from that young age, and I look back and I, I wasn't really heavy at all. I just was never a tiny girl. You know, like I said, I played with the boys and, you know, and wanted to be strong. I wasn't one of those dainty girls that was walk, were walking around. So I think the health and nutrition thing, it started with the little bits you knew. So when I was probably right when I was getting married about then I was at my heaviest, um, maybe just shortly after I was then all of a sudden here I was five foot six and 200 pounds. And so, you know, you kind of know in the back of your head, you need to do something about that. 
I was standing in Pep Boys working when somebody came to the register with their small child and the small child decided to embarrass their parent and they asked me, why are you so fat? No. Yes. I couldn't crawl fast enough behind the register or whatever. Oh, I want to get away God, and play yes. that one off, Even you know? kids to be so oh, damn yeah. honest. The mom was just, yeah, the mom wanted to just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not my child, oh, right? No. Moment. So um, I think that hit me kind of, you know, yeah, like, why are you so fat, you know? And and so I found myself uh, Weight Watchers lost 50 pounds. And then at that point, it was just building upon, you know, and it, it's knowledge, you know, and it's, it's what comes out and knowledge and trial and error and finding yourself. And so over the years, I just added to that, whether it was, you know, physical activity, whether it was supplements, whether it was alternative medicines and things like that. As my knowledge grew, I just, you know, began to develop those layers to where I am now. But, you know, when I started having all the health issues, it didn't make any sense. Of course, I'm eating really healthy. I'm staying active. You know, I I rarely drink. I don't smoke, you know. I don't take any recreational drugs and and yet I'm going to the doctors and I keep adding to the list of things that are, you know, wrong. I'm becoming very sensitive to all sorts of foods. It feels like my head is just in a, a complete fog. It feels like my brain is literally swollen. My recovery time from working out takes so much longer. I feel like I ache all over the place. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It was so, so officially, I just remember sitting there one day and going, wow, I'm officially a sick person, you know, and didn't understand because it was so not me. I was always wanting to be this motivate, motivated person that found the next challenge and went and, and conquered it, you know? And yeah. now it just felt like I was just in a haze and walking through mud and heavy boots and jeans, you know? It was just like a struggle and just getting through. And I was like, is this what aging is? Because I don't know how I'm going to make it to 60 if this is what aging is, if I'm only in my 40s. Yeah. And uh, so, you know... Um, I wasn't going to stop. I wasn't, I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't going to settle with, I'm a sick person. Just absolutely positively not. I just needed to know what the answer was. Um, but going, you know, and so searching and going to doctors, I had some, you know, great alternative or medicine doctors that, uh, were physicians, but they also thought outside the box and were not afraid to, you know, look into tests and things like that. So quick question, Mm -hmm. how, if you, I mean, we both love our doctors and we found alternative medicine not knocking Western medicine, but they definitely dive deeper for you because they love you. Mm-hmm. How could you recommend somebody to find someone like that and trust them and love them besides just like a Yelp? It's like, a- how do you find the right alternative medicine doctor? I think you'll know when when you're there. I think part of uh, what I liked about the doctor I was going to was the openness to hear what I had to say. They, I didn't feel like such a, like just a number, you know, they, and they, you could tell they were digging deeper. And if I insisted, I wanted something, a test run or something like that, they were always open-minded to do that. And they're, and they're very much geared towards, you can see, instead of pushing a drug that's going to cover up the problem, let's try to get to the source and figure out what's causing the problem. And so you have to go to someone that's like that. And instinctively, I think you'll know once you go or interview a couple of them, you'll know that that's what you're getting when you're, you know, when you're speaking to them. So that's who I had to find. I mean, I literally went from one doctor's office. I mean, it was a physician's assistant that I was seeing and she left and by accident, I found her right away afterwards where she had went. So I left that doctor's office and followed her to the next doctor's office. So I could do that, but I was, you know, open as you're learning things, you, you learn stuff about, you know, acupuncturists and 
and alternative medicine uh, doctors, but other things that go along with that, like I said, the supplements or um, other things that can affect your health. And so I was open to learning about any of it, you know, and if it's not going to hurt you, why wouldn't you try it to see if it's going to make you feel better? So I'm always searching. In 2000, end of 2015, I decided it was time to learn how to do a front flip on a trampoline for some god awful reason. Oh, no, and, I remember that. And so um, I think um, at that point, um, I uh, broke my leg in three spots, dislocated my, off my foot off my um, ankle. And uh, so severe pain and probably for the first time in my life, I was on my tush. So with no possibility of getting up, uh, you know, the, the pain was just extraordinary. I couldn't even stand up for 20 seconds when I first did with all the nerve damage. And so it felt like acid was in my leg every time I stood up and it was going to oh pop. My gosh. Um, so I just remember the first time being in the house and, and Savannah and I are there only. Savannah doesn't drive yet. She's too little. And realizing we were hungry and there was nothing to eat in the house. <laughs> and this is prior to Postmates, Uber Eats, Uber didn't, It didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah. yeah didn't do any of that stuff. So, um, so yes, um, I ended up getting, uh, from that nice accident, I ended up getting metal put in my leg. So now I didn't have just one, but I had two foreign objects in my body. Again, not knowing where the story was going to end. You know, after I put that in there, I started having additional medical problems. And I kept instinctively, which we, us women don't like to listen to our instincts. I think as we get older, we listen a little bit more, um, mm. which is good for our health. But, you know, I started having more health issues and I instinctively, instinctively thought that the metal in my leg was causing me a problem. But the doctor looked at me like I had a third eye and he's like, no, you can keep that in there forever. After a few more testing and things like that, just searching, I was just completely on a mission to search. But at the same time, you know, I'm working 14 hours a day. I'm completely exhausted. I'm trying to take care of two girls and run a household by myself. And so a lot, right? But And stay healthy and go to the gym. Yes, and do all that stuff that you're you're doing. And 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 honestly, that I think that I was so used to it, that was my comfortable place was being there where people would be like, How do you get all this done? And it's just you just do, right? You just do. So as I'm getting more and more fatigued and even exercising was becoming a struggle, you know, I was lucky to get through um, towards the end, like three days a week and it just, the body just hurt, you know, and I just, that motivated self anymore. I just, I wasn't, I was losing me, you know, um, that inner me that was there was completely losing myself. And I was just like, just get through the day. You know, I would freak out if I knew people wanted to do something in the evening or I had a business thing in the meeting, just knowing that I, how am I going to get through the rest of that day? I'm so exhausted, you know, and do have no motivation to be out that I would find myself trying to take some kind of pre-workout drink or whatever I could do to up myself. And I realized, you know, looking back that I wasn't even truly all the way there. My body was there, but I wasn't truly all the way there or engaged all the way. Once I got to the point where I decided that the metal was coming out of my leg and that be could be causing some of the problems, I finally got the doctor to take it out. And when the doctor took it out, it was nice enough for him to come back by and tell me I was not crazy, that um, the metal was actually eating a hole in my bones. And so he pulled it out with his fingers. It was no longer screwed Whoa. in. So, you know, talk about intuition and just knowing something was wrong. My body was telling it it wanted it out. And Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Foreign objects. Yeah, that's Holy exactly. Cow. So once I did that, you know, some of the, I think I felt a little bit better, but still knowing I was off and still down discovery. I had went to doctors to run tests 
and it just all these weird things would pop up. It was like you're, you have my gallbladder was having problems. I went to the hospital because I was in severe pain. I ended up having a five-hour delay on my gallbladder that they tested for, and so there was something wrong with my gallbladder. I had digestive issues going on. I had esophagus issues going on. It's swollen all the time. Um, I was sensitive to more and more foods, allergic to foods. Did you have any skin rashes or anxiety or brain, like more brain fog over time? Did it like increase? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I got to the point where I think, um, I didn't happen every day or all the time, but it got to the point where it must've started happening around my neurological system or something because, um, I found myself speaking and when I would speak, I wouldn't finish several of the words in a sentence. And somebody would go, what did you just say? And I was used to people saying that because I talk too fast sometimes. I, Christine, I do that. Yeah. And you'll say a sentence and you will just skip over, like you won't finish several words and they say, what did you say? Say, and I'm like, wow. And then you could, I knew that I had I, not finished several yeah, of the words. I do that. I caught myself talking to someone the other day at work, actually. I was speaking and, you know, doing a presentation and I caught myself and I was like, that sentence didn't make sense. Let me start over. And it was literally gibberish. Yeah. It made sense in my brain, but it didn't come out. No, it's almost like your tongue is too heavy or something. It just didn't finish. It didn't, you know, enunciate. I didn't know that was a, a thing. Yeah, it is a thing. I haven't done it since. So like I said, it was just, you just keep adding to the list. If you go down these list of symptoms, yeah. you know, that you're having, you're, you, it's, it's amazing. You know, my labs were all off my at one point, um, before I took out the metal out, what made me decide to take the metal out, um, I had a fever for four weeks. I had no idea why. I broke out in little blood dots from my knees to my ankles. And that was, uh, my, my liver enzymes were jumping way up for no apparent reason. So doctors all were scratching their head. They sent me to specialist after specialist after specialist, and they would say something is wrong, but we don't know what. So, you know, we're not real sure, but I wasn't about to just stop and just, you know, lay over and die. So I was going to figure out what was uh, wrong with me. So I kept, you know, as you're battling everything else that's going on. So you're doing all these multiple things and still, you know, want to, you know, work on you. And I was going to continue to work on me. So still went down the road to figure out what was wrong. Um, my dad got uh, sick in 2017 and he was my favorite person in my entire world. And, you know, when he got sick, he was diagnosed with um, pancreatic cancer. So it just, um, I think a little bit of awakening, you know, when that happened for me that, hey, you know, he's only 66 and he passed away. You probably should slow down, like people say, a little bit. So I think I took a little bit of foot off the gas, you know, and then was continuing to try to figure out what was what was wrong with me. Yeah. And after the metals out and I'm still doing other tests and still other things are going wrong with my body. And I, uh, oh, I'm funny, but I was standing in my closet, putting away clothes and have no idea where this came from. Everybody said it's my dad, angel looking out for me up there now, but I'm standing there putting away clothes. And all of a sudden I have this, this voice in my head telling me, I wonder if it's your implants making you sick. And I hadn't read anything. I hadn't seen anything. I hadn't heard anything. There was no reason for that thought to go through my head. And the second thought that went through my head is, look what the metal was doing. And then, of course, that yeah. I thought that How through for a second. And then at that point, I was like, that surgery? Mm-mm. No, I want no part of it. You know. And by this time, I've had them in since end of 2005, you know, and now we're talking, you know, that's a long time. It's 14 years, you know. And so I push it right out of my head. Don't want to think about that anymore. I mean, surgery. I, a couple of days later, I go to get my hair cut by someone that's been cutting my hair for the last, you know, couple of few years. And out of the blue, 
she asks, so how are they doing with trying to figure out what's wrong with you? And I go, funny you should say that. You know, right now I'm going through all these IVs and things. They were giving me super immune bags. You know, I was getting IVs, trying a last ditch effort, trying to see what I could do. And those IVs were literally killing me. I mean, I think there were so many toxins going on in the body that didn't know where it was, you know, able to go. And my body doesn't have a hard time detoxing already. And so I felt like I like the severe flu, all of my symptoms got worse. And I literally had to stop halfway through. And I say, you are literally killing me. I, I cannot function like this. I cannot do these anymore. And I was telling her about that. And then all of a sudden she goes, have you heard of a thing called breast implant illness? And I literally got a chill in my body. And I knew right then without ever knowing anything else more about it or whatever, that's it. And so she goes, look up this Facebook page. And I go to look up the Facebook page. She's like, look up breast implant illness healing by Nicole. I look on there and it was that moment that I'm like, I'm not crazy. I'm like, I'm looking on this. I don't understand how there's 80 something thousand women talking about the same symptoms I'm having. I've been to all these doctors. Why is this a secret? Nobody knows about this. Why don't I know about this? You know? And so as I'm at my head's just, as you can imagine, is just spinning. I mean, yeah. I'm sitting in her chair, can't get out fast enough from the chair to, to figure out what I'm doing. And she goes, as a matter of fact, there's somebody in your line of work that's having a meeting at her office tonight. And she's going to be um, testimonies of a couple of the, the, the women that have gotten them removed and what their story was. And I'm just taken back and going, this is a, remarkable. I mean, it's just like God's laying this path. And right after I had that, you know, in my head and I'm like, this is not just a coincidence. So as my head's spinning, I'm looking and seeing all these symptoms. These women, these, these pictures with bloated bellies and the headaches and the brain fog and all these descriptions that are describing everything that I'm going through. And I had these mixed feelings. It was like an aha moment, but it was also, I was almost frustrated and irritated that I'd been to so many doctors and not one person, even my alternative medicine doctor, not one time did somebody say that that could possibly be the, the problem. Mm. So I had to find out on my own. So I um, left there and I had an appointment to go to um, my dance class and I sat there and my, my head was spinning and I was there early. I started the conversation with my dance instructor and she says, basically, oh my gosh, I'm having some of the same symptoms. You're kidding me, right? So her schedule clears. We both end up going meeting there at the place to go listen to these peeps, people speak. And behind me, there's a girl that's very young and she's like, I had mine in for about 10 months and then took them out. She said, I'm very in tune with my body. I'm a yoga instructor. And she said, my throat, was swollen and I was getting food and pills stuck in my throat. Well, guess what? That was the first thing that happened to me probably within six months of getting them and had no clue. And I've lived with that wow. all these years. And so I heard that and you're just in awe and your jaws just dropped in. Like I said, your, your head's moving a mile a minute. And I'm listening to the girl that's up there talk about, you know, all the aspects of, you know, figuring out the health issues, what's changed afterwards, the surgery, all of this stuff. And I already, I mean, instantly made up my mind that was it and they have to come out. Yeah. So then it was down getting into my venture into learning and getting some knowledge real quick, like to decide what doctor do I need, you know, decided not to drink the Kool-Aid about it having to be specific doctors that take you a year or something to get into, you know, the cost of it. It's unbelievable. But the cost is so much more to take them out than it is to Double. put them in. 
you know, and it makes it difficult because you feel bad for people that feel bad and don't have the money to do it. I was fortunate enough to have the money to spend it, you know, to, to do that. <laughs> but you feel really bad for the people that, you know, that, that don't have that opportunity to do that. So I quickly, before even people that had, that even the girl that told me that was getting hers out, I did mine before hers. And as scary as it is, there's so many things that are running through your head as women critique ourselves to death. Here I am, single thinking, okay, who's going to want you now all destroyed, you know, which is silly, you know, but us women have to find that uh, we have so much more to offer than critiquing ourselves and thinking that that's what makes us because it doesn't. And yeah. so, you know, if it, if I felt like I was losing myself, my life, you know, how I wanted to live my life, it's not worth it. And so when I took them out, I made the decision and took them out incredible within a day days period of time the swelling already started going from my face every morning used to wake up and my face was all puffy so it's interesting because you know i'm on my own health journey mm -hmm. and so hearing your story you know five specialists later eating really clean all of these skin rashes i've always had tummy issues but they were heightened and I was just like, I thought it was just in my 20s. I gained a ton of weight. Maybe it was because I was sad when Chris passed away. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. And I, I really was like, I've never ha had allergies to food. Yes, I've had tummy issues, but it everything just got worse. Mm. And I never knew. And I was like, I've always had anxiety, but never panic attacks to this degree. I've always had tummy issues, but now I'm allergic to all these foods and I can't even use the skincare without it being gluten-free and paraben-free and phthalate-free. And it's like your body's hypersensitive. My body, it's going it was through. just skin rashes on my upper back. But it's like, what's going on? I'm too young, I thought, and healthy to have all these issues. And to gain 90 pounds in one year, not doing anything different, still eating clean, still working out, what happened? And I always thought it was depression. And I'm looking back and I'm like, no, it was a year after I got them in. So it's like people don't even realize. And there was a part of me in my head that was like, this is all hype. Don't believe it. Like it's something else. Like you love your bosoms. Like, you know, I feel girly and beautiful with big boobs. <laughs> but really it's like my health and my happiness and being the healthiest version of myself is way more important than having nice tits to me. You know what I mean? So I, what you're describing, like, I know, and I haven't even gone through it yet. You mm -hmm, know, we're still mm -hmm. kind of na narrowing doctors, doing all the things. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, you know, other people might have symptoms and might be questioning it. I still have friends that are considering getting implants. Yeah. I'm like, what are you thinking? So what would be one, what were your biggest takeaways and what were the best, like, what were your aha moments after they came out Two, what would be your biggest advice to anybody considering putting them in? I think everybody has to be in their in their journey in their own time of what they're ready to hear. So as I'm thinking that now this is my mission in life is to spread this information around, you know, I get all sorts. I get me. I was so ready to hear it. I'd already been down searching and searching and searching. So as soon as you told me, I knew that it was it instinctively and nobody had to talk me into anything mm -hmm. because we critique ourselves so much. And because we're so, I've heard stories that, oh, my boyfriend wants me to keep them in. If I could just grab somebody and hold on to them and have them be able to feel the difference of how good I felt after getting them out, it would be no longer a question. Mm. But it's hard 
to get yeah. that through to somebody to realize that what good is life if you can't live it? Yeah. You know, if you're living in a fog and not being who you are and you're missing out on good quality time for yourself, for your family, Future, you know, your health, kids, yeah. um, any of that, if you're missing out and you feel like being in bed all the time while your family goes and enjoys, you know, life without you, what good is it? You know, is, is it that important? That's what Victoria's Secret's for. <laughs> <laughs> so you know? when did you get them out? I got them out August of 2019. So it's just, you know, a little over a year ago. So it's like when you're ready to you're let ready. go, it's you're like, ready. okay, I'm ready. It doesn't matter. I love myself just as I am. I don't need this additional thing. If you asked me a year and a half ago, it was a conversation. Oh, yeah. You I've I've, I mean? I've talked to people that are having the same or even more some of the symptoms that I have that have been bedridden for no no reason. And they still have a hard time grasping, you know, that wow. they take that out. And it makes me sad. It makes me sad that women don't have enough, I don't know, significant, make themselves significant enough yeah. to deserve to feel 100%. And um, night and day, no regrets. No regrets whatsoever. Like I said, go pretty yourself up. Otherwise, go take care of yourself. Get yourself, you know, working out and stay active. But the rest of it can go. Because yeah. um, the way I felt afterwards, the headaches being gone, the brain fog being gone, uh, I was back to all of a sudden working out seven days a week and I was like, give me more, you know, and mm -hmm. I was finding me again and feeling like now I could deal with life and I could take on things. I mean, people that didn't even realize that I had done something or maybe didn't realize how significant it was. I'd be out at night and they're like, wow, you seem like you feel a lot better. You know, I was just more awake and alert and um, didn't look so tired. People you know, would see me and say, wow, you look a lot better, not even knowing what I had done. So I, I can't completely give somebody the feeling or describe it, wish I could. But like I said, at the end of the day, all I can tell you is there are absolutely positively no regrets. The only regret I have is not knowing about it sooner. Mm, okay. What would be your response to someone asking you, do you think it's like in your head? Do you think it's like Doctors yeah. want to make you feel that way. And I feel really bad for that purpose too. You know, a lot of women are not strong enough to go in and have a mindset of their own and ask all the questions and research it. And they just, unfortunately, you know, don't want to take the time to do that for whatever reason, but going in and talking to the doctors, a lot of the doctors, you know, that's, that's what, how they make a living. You know, that's, of course, they're not going to say that this is what's causing damage or causing problems, but there is no way that that's a coincidence that there's that many women that are having all of those symptoms yeah. that you can't put your finger on. You know, it's kind of like how I looked at it and how I had to put it in perspective in my brain is that, you know, your little soldiers are all over your body and they're taking care of all the mechanisms that are working so you can run as it's supposed to. You put something in your body that's such a heavy stressor. So I put this foreign object in my body and then all my soldiers are so concentrating on wanting to get that thing out that the now they're not keeping watch on the rest of the stuff. So mm -hmm. therefore, all these other things start to go wrong because they're not doing what they normally can. So, and nobody can put their finger on it. It's almost like having an autoimmune disease, which is part of what people, um, you know, people get told, us. right? Is they have your autoimmune disease when in reality, inflammation markers are up and things like that. It's, I don't think it's a matter so much of if a person's going to have a problem once they get plant implants. It might be to what degree, depending on how your body functions and maybe like my body doesn't detox as well as somebody else's. And so maybe they'll have less of a problem, but I still believe it's not a matter of if, but when, 
Yeah. You know, will it be right off the bat, you'll have symptoms? Will it be six years in the line? The most common is eight to 10 years down the line that you start to really have some significant problems that you're re- recognizing that there's something wrong. And I don't think um, you can fully appreciate it until they're out and you can feel the other side of that, of what that feels like to know that, again, that you have no regrets, that that's, that's absolutely positively what it was. What's the best way to find a doctor that people can trust? Because I know that they're, the biggest advice I've received is make sure they take the capsules out with it. So how do I know with doctors saying, oh, you don't need to, but I know that is what you need to do. Yes. So finding a doctor, I think the important part of it is, again, that the doctor is listening to you. You don't want to hear the doctor's agenda. You're not there here to hear their opinion, right? I just need them to be a very good doctor. So you don't have to buy into the the whole philosophy that you have to have only these doctors that specialize in taking them out. No, there's a lot of good surgeons out there. And as long as they're abiding by what you want and they don't sound so opinionated, they're not going to do what you want then that could be the right doctor for you. So all of them are capable of taking out, you know, that capsule and you have to come with your list of questions, you know, and make sure they're on board to do what you want, whether they believe it or not. Like I said, how are they going to, most of them believe that they're making women sick? How could they live with themselves, right? If they truly bought in and realized that how sick they were making women, could they go to sleep at night and feel good about themselves while they make all that money? Probably While they drive home in their beautiful Porsche. (laughs) No. And so therefore I wasn't there to change their mind. I think if enough women come forward with all these things and feel better afterwards, they're going to probably second guess themselves. I'm sure a lot of them are doing that now, but a lot of them, um, including the one that originally put mine in, a friend of mine that got them at the same time as me that introduced me to the doctor that I got mine uh, done at, she decided to go back to that doctor to ask questions and see about taking them out. He basically told her that all of this was just some kind of facade and everybody was like a placebo effect that women were just beating off of each other and making up how they, you know, felt and all wow. these problems. And most, and half of them needed to go see a psychiatrist. So you would know that's not the right doctor to go to. Wow. You know, so once I knew that I found a, a good recommended doctor, and even though I know he wasn't 100% on board, he was, as far as the idea that they were making me sick, he was on board to do what I asked him to do. He knew how important it was that you're to take everything. So these capsules that develop, it's, it's pretty nasty, but they actually adhere to your rib cage. And so they literally have to be cut off of tissue on your rib cage and pretty gnarly to look at, but, and, and sounds horrific, um, makes everything, you know, very scary, but they have to try to get all of that tissue off. You leave any of that tissue on of any of the toxins that are there that's developed there. And it could mean, you know, still problems later on. So I wanted to make sure they got it all, you know, but at first, when I first started to buy into the whole idea that it had to be only these doctors and no, you know, nobody else could do it. I was seriously considering going to Texas or something, you know, which is not necessary. It's not necessary. You're spending more money and, and more hassle and all that stuff. It's not necessary to do that. So I was very happy with the doctor that I went to, you know, it wasn't, it's scary, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't all that bad. I think the first day was probably, you know, the worst right after you get any surgery, you know, it's the worst, but there on out, you know, not that bad. And just one of the best decisions in my life that I've made to take those out. So you're healing, but you also feel better. So what was the turnaround time? Uh, healing was that, I mean, I was back up. I took an easy, took it easy for a couple of days, but honestly, when I first got them in, I know a lot of everybody's different with their pain tolerance and things like that. I know some people that were down for two weeks when they got them in, I was out shopping for bras the next day. So, um, you <laughs> of know, course you were. <laughs> so, that sounds like you. <laughs> and I think within three days it was, uh, I was out shopping, Christmas shopping, you know, 
after that. So, you know, everybody has their pain tolerance, but it really, uh, truly was, you know, yeah, it doesn't feel good, but it, it doesn't, it wasn't that bad to where, you know, I would, like I said, have any regrets doing it. You know, you come home, most people have some type of a, like a drain that yeah. sits underneath. And then that takes about five to seven days-ish to get those removed. And it's nice once you get those removed and you, you know, move past that. It takes a minute for your body to adjust. I probably say six months to a year just to kind of get yourself kind of healed up and, you know, um, feeling like you've gotten used to, you know, what you, the new you looks like. The new little bitty G. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and then I, I would just think, you know, it's, it's terrible that uh, people that have had to have mastectomies, you know, that have it for other reasons that they've gotten them. And I feel, you know, I feel for because, you know, or even people that were like A's or double A's, and then they take this out and there's, you know, nothing left. And I'm sure it just makes them want to cry, but, you know, hopefully same thing. They gain enough strength afterwards to realize how much better they feel. And it just can't mm-hmm. compare. You, yeah. you can't compare to getting your life back to something that we're just looking at some physical thing on us that we're yeah. looking at, you know, it's just not, it's not, like which is so funny because I actually did it because I grew funny. Like I had a small little perky B with this huge full saggy C. <laughs> so I remember being 20 years old and saying, I'm going to go to Vegas for my 21st birthday, have a rockin' bikini. I need new boobs, mm-hmm. you know? So I was a baby. My mom went with me <laughs> and she was yelling at the doctor. Why would you work on a 20 year old? She's like, she's an adult, you know? <laughs> she's like, but she's my baby. And she, no, she's not like, she's going to have new boobs. So now I'm looking back, I'm like, I wish I just embraced the Biggie Smalls. Yeah. Like, you know, like, why? Well, if this? you only would have known, right? If, right. if they if they would make it mandatory for you to see all the things that are possibilities and percentages that of people that do have the problems, then you'd second guess it, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. And see, everybody has a story of why they got it, right? Me, it was, you know, I was in a not great marriage with someone that, you know, didn't want to touch me. So... I wasn't feeling because you're so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I was uh, not feeling pretty, and then you know he's uh, basically you know involved with other women. He's takes a hit to your obviously staring at other women, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. But didn't want to touch me. And then he literally, you know, after I had lost weight and stuff, he had you know literally said that it's. I feel like I'm hugging a boy now, you know. And then add made comments about you know where'd your where'd your boobs go and that sort of thing. So that plays in your subconscious. And then oh after gosh. your husband of uh, 15 years, 16 years leaves you for somebody else, you know, again, you're trying to validate yourself, trying to make yourself feel better. And that was what I chose to do that with, yeah. you know, but I figure when I tell somebody now my story or I answer their questions, you know, it just depends where they are on, on how ready they are to hear that. But I may be the first person that tells them and it may take the fourth person that tells them, you know, but I started the process. I may be the third and now they're ready to you hear it. To you know, something's going, there's questions going, they're going to question or maybe they're not ready to hear now, but three years from now, when they notice the 50s, two thing that went wrong with their body. Now it, all of a sudden it clicks because I said something. Yeah. And so it's only my job. I feel to say something, you know, and answer people's questions. And then the rest happens from there. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked it, do me a favor. And if you could rate review and subscribe, that would mean the world to me. You can also take a screenshot of this episode on your phone, post it on your story on Instagram, and tag at the ha 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 Alia podcast. And if you have a topic that you want to hear me talk about, feel free to slide into my DMs.
Thank you again for tuning in and learning about breast implant illness. Just a reminder, there are a ton of different links you can check out on the show notes along with Christine's information. Thank you again and have the best week. I will see you next week as we talk about ingredient policies in the United States and why I choose vegan products over regular products. And I'm not even a vegan. So I can't wait to share different ingredients where you can start looking at your labels on your personal care products too. Have a great one.